this episode, we had on Tina Call. She is on track to sell over a thousand homes this year. She talks about her FISBO scripts, her expired scripts, how she built her business, how she moved her business from Michigan to North Carolina, how she's built a massive downline, and how she's pivoted to social media. The Broke presents Over Ask Podcast. Welcome. To another episode of Overast. Today we have, I am so happy. I've been trying, I've been talking about Tina to Eric for, uh, Eric, I've been talking about Tina for so long. Nonstop, every single day. Since, you won't stop talking yeah. about her. <laughs> I was like, we need to get Tina on the podcast. She's like, she's a complete boss. And I, I'm looking at these numbers uh, just in your Instagram bio right now, Tina. This is Tina Kalb uh, for people who may not know. I don't think many people would not know by this point um you are a force to be reckoned with in this industry but it says you have 700 plus homes sold year to date correct this year this jesus year. Yeah. oh my yeah. god you are a well, top a 125 <laughs> oh well you could just say you did uh, to top 125 leaders with success magazine you're a tedx speaker and I had uh, the pleasure of watching you speak. I actually had to follow you speak uh, in Boston about a year ago, and we'll, we'll get into that. But Tina, thank you so much for being on the show. Well, thanks for having me, guys. I'm excited. I'm excited because you are... So you, we spoke together in Boston. That's how we met. Um, you had no clue who I was. I knew who you were a little bit. Um, and then I was like, okay, what, you know, what's, is she just like another agent? Is it going to say you have to like get on TikTok and shit like that? But then you came up and you talked and you talked about how you started so traditionally with like cold calling and just like the traditional methods of real estate. And that's, would you say pretty much how you built your business off cold calling? Yeah. Well, you know, uh, going back to, you know, I've been in the business industry for 21 years. And so I started in Michigan uh, when I was 23 years old. So I was very traditional then, meaning classically trained by the people that were in my office. And so I never really got over 20 deals because that was, that was what they did. And we were top producers, pat on the back, 20, 25 deals. Um, but then as the market crashed, I needed to figure out you know, my income went from 150,000, which I thought I was rich because my family was poor and, um, and down to 40,000. And I was like, well, shit, this is not going to work. Um, so I, I ran into a coach. I always say I, I found a magical fairy who was Mike Ferry at the time. And, uh, and I hired the coaching company immediately because I saw other agents that were like, you know, my age making 500 grand a year. I'm like, well, they can do it. I can do it. Um, and I did, I, I, that first year I hired the coach and they taught me uh, skill-based training, you know, um, get in the office at the right time, time management, learn your scripts for God's sakes. You're a real, you're not a real estate agent. You're a salesperson. And so that was where my mindset shift came in. Like, Oh my God, I am in sales. I have to learn some scripts. And from there, um, you know, I was able to catapult my business with the smile dial, make a pile mentality. What sort of scripts were you learning from the Mike Ferry organization? Was it expired listing scripts, FISBO scripts? You know, it was a little bit of everything because, you know, it expired and FISBOs were the bread and butter, right? So I learned that I could get into the office and I wasn't, my first seven years, I waited, I, I let the day happen to me, whereas the next phase of my life, I took control of the day. And the first three hours, I made outbound calls to my sphere, to neighborhoods, to uh, anybody that would listen, uh, expired FISBOs, yes, but also circle dialing. And my goal was to speak to 20 humans a day. And my goal was to make an appointment. My job was to make an appointment. Every day I started with zero. I didn't look at my board and go, wow, I have 10 pendings. It was like, no, I'm, I'm broke today. I have to go find new business. And so, um, so yeah, so it was those scripts. But then even, you know, price reduction scripts, even just tactical ways to get um, a person to make a decision for the betterment of their their life, right? So I I needed to be a professional decision maker up or I need to get somebody to a yes or a no, not a maybe. And so all of those um, conversations really made me a better communicator, a better real estate agent, and ultimately a better salesperson. So once you flipped your mindset and you got the coaching, how long did it take for you to see a change in your business? immediately. Uh, well, I'll, I'll say this. I got a coach every week. They would call me for 30 minutes. Like, okay, let's do your business plan. I'd be like, okay, how many calls did you make? I'm like, uh, you know, I made 10, you know, so I, 
I lied the first two months. I did not pick up the phone because if you if you know DISC and my profile, I'm a high I. I am a D. You know, I, I do love results, but I also am a high S. So I don't like to be rejected. I don't like conflict. I'm not like a combative person. So to be rejected every single day did not feel good. So it took me two months of lying to my coach where he finally was like, okay, you and I role play. You're really good at it. So something's amiss. These people cannot be giving you an appointment. And I finally told him the truth. And he said, all right, let's get on a call right now. You're going to do it now live with me. And I was like, shit, I can't get away from him. So we did. I called a Fizbo. And what was funny is I read the script and the guy answered the question. I read the second line of the script. He answered. And then I hung up the phone and I literally said to Tony, this shit works. And he goes, hello. You know, so from there, it was like the belief meter went up. And I just thought, all right, I got to do this. And, and I did. And I got over it. It's like the fear of anything, right? The more you do it, it you just become immune to it. Do you know how scary it is to make those calls with someone watching over your shoulder, Matt? I don't know if you ever did these cold calls. I mean, I'm sure <laughs> yeah. you did. But yeah, that, did. that's what I did when I first got my license was expired and canceled listings. Yeah. And the yeah. two team members who I was working for were in the office just watching everything I was doing. And I had to keep yeah, making yeah. calls and I, I was praying, I've said this before, but just praying people weren't going to pick up because it's horrifying when someone is over your shoulder watching, especially the coach. But once you breach through that initial fear, which I never did, it sounds like you started crushing it. Do you have, <laughs> do, you, do you remember what the FISBO script was or what any of those? Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, we would call and say, you know, hi, is this Eric? You'd say, yes, of course. Hey, this is Tina Call. I'm just doing a quick survey of all the for sale by owners in our area. And I'd love to know, you know, um, you know, why, why did you list this home? You know, where are you moving to? And, and they would say, oh, well, I'm moving to, you know, Florida. Oh, Florida. Really? What brings you to Florida? Um, well, my grandchildren live there. Oh, really? Okay. You know, is this a reunion for you, a homecoming for you? Or did you, did you, you know, did you move here from Florida? So it was just kind of that first initial, hey, I'm doing a survey of all the for sale by owners in the area. You know, what, what, you know, why did you decide to sell this beautiful home? And the minute they started talking or answered the question, then it was back into realtor mode, right? I'm just having a conversation. I'm just trying to get to know the people. And then at the end, I'm like, you know, did you decide to sell your, the home yourself to save the commission? Yeah, well, we, yeah, I'm okay. Well, you know, if there was a way that I could show you how to net more money than you could doing it on your own, even after all the commissions are paid, would it be worth 15 minutes of your time? I'm going to be in your area later today. I'd love to just pop by. And they're like, okay. You know, so, I mean, it was just not hard. You know, they, if you make logical sense when you're talking to people um, and you really come from a place of, I want to help, my job was to get in front of them, stay in front of them, and then keep providing value. I would drop off every week. I would drop off, and this was back, you know, 18 years ago. I would drop off a package of information on all the homes that sold, a package of information on the homes that expired, a package of information on the homes they wanted to buy. So I just kept like helping them with info. And at the end of the day, when they did get sick and tired of selling on their own, I was the only one that stayed consistent. And they're like, Tina, we're ready. When you're, so I built my career actually on Fizbo's at a young age. When you're dropping off these packages, are you knocking on the door as well, hoping that they pick up? Or are you literally doing like a, you know, throwing it out the window and leaving it at the door? Yeah. In the beginning, it was more like run to the porch, drop it off and leave, you know? And then, hey, did you get my package? Because you're afraid, <laughs> yeah. right? You don't want to like, oh God. But then, you know, then I would get, you know, I, I had more, more experience. So I would just knock on the door. Hey, you know, it's me. A lot of times I made the appointment to drop it off. Hey, are you going to be around between three and four? Yeah, we'll be here. Great. I'm just going to not quickly drop this off, shake hands. Um, by the time I got to the door, it was like, come in. Do you want to see the house? Oh, sure. You know, but now today I teach a little bit different. Back then we didn't have cell phones with the beautiful cameras on them. You know, so today it's like, hey, you know, Bob, I'd love to just do a quick you know, video of your phone to get it out to my 50,000 followers on social media. Uh, do you mind if I expose your home to my audience? You know, maybe we'll find a buyer together. Yeah, sure. So then it's, hey, everybody, I'm at one, two, three, Apple Lane, you know, blah, blah, blah. And and then you can follow up two days from, from then and say, hey, Bob, you know, I, I didn't find the buyer for your home, but I just wanted to thank you because I actually picked up two buyers, you know, just walking through your property that your home wasn't a match for, but it actually helped me land a couple more sales. So now I'm telling the FISBO that what I do works. I know how to bring people to properties. And so again, today it's a little bit different because obviously we have 
different tactics and technology. Um, but it's just coming from a place of value that you want to help them. I'm never attached to the outcome with these people. I don't care if they listen with me. Great. If they don't, they don't. But if they feel that I'm coming from value and they trust me, then I'm going to earn their business and not only maybe sell their home, maybe I won't sell their home, but maybe I'll become their buyer's agent. Maybe I'll, I'll get a family member to, to uh, work with me that they give me a referral, which has happened many times. The phrasing of the script seems pretty, I've always been against survey scripts. To, I've never tried I, them, to be honest, but I'm like, she's going to listen to me be like, hey, I'm doing a survey. They're like, no, you aren't, kid. Get the fuck off my porch. But like exactly. for, for you, like porch. I feel like, <laughs> but for you, I feel like you kind of butter them up you know, yeah. you, you come yeah. in with just like kind of easy and then you have more of a hard close at the end with like, well, if I can just make you more money, isn't it worth 15 minutes just to see, you know, no obligation. Like it, it's almost like sure. you, in a weird way, you make them feel silly if they don't accept you into the house to, for the 15 minutes. Cause who doesn't want to make, you know, 50,000 more dollars with, yeah, with doing less work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And really the survey thing is to almost like just change their, like what assert, like it's almost to kind of shock them. Like, okay, like what, what do you want? You know, like I just need to get past the, what do you want? You know, and then get to the point. Um, and then at the end, you know, if you're, if your personality style is not like that hardcore, like driver clothes, it could just be like, I'd love to pop by for 15 minutes, put your home on my social media. Would you mind? I can help you. I can help bring people to your house. And if you're co-oping with agents, I'd love to help you sell it. I'm not looking for the listing, but I am looking to help you. Would you mind? Great. So you can flip it to however you, your personality feels. Scripts are to me, like people get so obsessed, like, oh, I don't like that word or that's not me. And it's like, I know, but let's just change it to you, right? Let's make it you for today and then just call people, just have conversations. And the more conversations you have with people, the more business you're going to get. Like you just can't not get business the more people you talk to. So you're going to get lucky um, no matter what, if you stay consistent in having conversations. So I feel like a lot of agents. Script, Go ahead. Oh, we interrupt each other once a episode, Tina. That was the one. <laughs> That's um, okay. Well, so once you got the script that kind of worked for you, yeah. like you, you said, you went from 150,000 to 40,000 and then what happened? Because I know now obviously you have one of the, the, the most, the best producing teams, like what happened after that? How long did it take you to build a team? How long were you solo for? Like bring us through that yeah. kind of period once you kind of well, found what worked for you. Yeah. So, so that, um, that was 2008, uh, that we went from 40, we went from 40,000 back to 125,000 that first 12 months. And then we were like, my coach was like, what's your big dream? I'm like, well, to get the hell out of Michigan, it's cold. And, um, and so she's like, well, where do you want to move? I said, North Carolina. I grew up going there. My uncle lives there. I, you know, I love it. Um, so she said, when, and I'm like, Ooh, I don't know. So she, within 12 months, we moved to North Carolina, Kevin and I, um, he was making about $150,000 as a 30-year-old, and I was making 125. dollars So for us to leave 250 grand on the table in our, you know, just turning 30, my, our parents thought we were nuts. And we were leaving for sunshine. They're like, you have the best career here. You have the sphere here. Why the hell are you going? I'm like, we're not chasing money. We're, we're building our, our life's blueprint. And so Mike taught me that, you know, you have to have big dreams and, and you only get to do it once. I mean, as far as we know. So anyway, we land in North Carolina in 2009. The market's crashing here. We walk into a Remax office. I'm like, I'll take that corner office. I always wanted a big office because I was like in this little tiny office in my hometown. And so we did. We got here and nobody knew what a short sale was. We were doing them for two years in Michigan because the market crashed in 2006 there. So we, we started calling and we didn't even know how to get out of our driveway without GPS. And we were just using our Mike Ferry presentation. You know, I mean, a house is a house is a house as long as you can run comps. And so we listed um, and sold 30 homes our first year in North Carolina, made a couple hundred grand. The second year, 55 homes. The third year, 85. The fourth year, 120 homes. And I stayed selling about 125 homes as an individual agent for about four years. And then I hit a ceiling and said, okay, I've made a million dollars a year now consistently year after year. I've net about seven, 750. I'm exhausted. Like I don't, I don't see my family. I'm eating breakfast, lunch, and dinner in the freaking car. Like this is not a life, you know? And so 
I, I think I hit this stressful ceiling of, I don't have a business. I have a job. I have a high paying job. I make a million dollars a year, but I don't have a business. If I get hit by a bus, my business dies with me. So I started to think about how I wanted to leverage my life again. And so it was Tina call phase two. Um, I started to decide, I decided that I wanted to make 30 grand a month in passive income. So I was going to buy mobile home parks. So I bought mobile home park university. I studied the crap out of it. I'm like, okay, we're going to buy mobile home parks because I want a business beyond real estate. Um, and so we almost wrote an offer on, on this mobile home park in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. It was a million dollars. I was going to put down, you know, 20% to make, you know, six, eight, nine grand a month um, in passive income. And I thought if I do it three or four times, invest four or $5 million in the next 10, 15 years, I would have that 30 grand a month and I would have a viable way to retire because we all know, like I have 11 uh, rental properties right now. That's fantastic. Those are great long-term holds, but I net four grand, 3,700 to four grand a month on 11 homes. I can't live on four grand a month. Like I'm bougie now. Like I got a big, a decent life and nice house and nice cars. So it wasn't a good strategy for me up front to buy a lot of doors and a lot of headaches, you know, for that return. So, so I needed something bigger. And then, you know, of course, um, I was probably the biggest hater. I admit it of eXp Realty in the world. I hated everything about it. Uh, people approached me left and right. And I was like, no, thank you. I was at KW at the time. Um, and, you know, I thank God before I wrote the check for that mobile home park, um, a really good friend who was at KW uh, called me and said, I'm, I'm going to this company called eXp. And I was like, oh, not another one. But because I trusted her and because I knew that she wasn't trying to get me, um, I listened, you know, and, and to me, it was like math is math. And I'm, I wasn't great at math in school, but I can figure out percentages really quickly and I can see business models. I love to build businesses. So, um, I, I decided to jump in. It was right before I was going to buy the Keller Williams office that I was working at, because again, I thought I'll buy a Keller Williams office. I'll own these mobile home parks. I need leverage. It can't be up to Tina call to make this money anymore. Um, and when I looked at the Keller Williams office, you know, $250,000 investment to make a hundred grand a year, I had to keep and maintain 380 agents at the firm and they were losing agents left and right. Um, that also didn't seem exciting because I didn't want to recruit people. I, I'm not a recruiter. Um, and so I decided I could sell 10 more homes a year and make the hundred grand. So I, I said no to that. And I, I came to eXp. So um, I came in 2019 at that time, my my team was uh, seven people. I was still selling 100 homes a year. I had seven agents on my team. I had four people on staff. And we sold, I think, 290 homes that year uh, with those eight, pe you know, eight people. And the next year, I got to, uh, from 70 million, I went to 135 million. And then the, the year after that, 225 million. This year, um, we'll be at 450 million at a thousand transactions with 50 agents. Um, and so, uh, and then last year we were 25 agents at 514 units, uh, 225 Jeez. million. So now I'm out of the business. I don't sell homes anymore for a year and a half. I've been out of the day-to-day -day sales, which has been amazing. Living the dream. Oh. Holy yeah, whenever, moly. Whenever anyone says they're out of, <clears throat> out of production, they're the happiest yeah. person on the face of the I earth. Know. Out of production is the goal for agents to not be producing anymore and have people. And, and you know, and some people love it. Like I have a friend that she's with us here at AXP. She's a freaking rock star. She still sells 238 homes a year herself. Damn. I'm like, you are crazy, but she loves it. I mean, she has 40 rental properties paid for. She's got money coming in left and right. She's got a, you know, big EXP team too. I'm like, you're just a freak. So you know, some people like it for me after, you know, after 18 years of knock, 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 dogs licking my leg at the table, I'm writing the listing agreement. It wasn't that I didn't appreciate the job. It just ran out of the excitement for it, you know, and I, I'm one that I need to be inspired to move forward. So when I lose a passion, that means, oops, time to change, time to, time to switch gears. So, so now I'm having fun. So we have, you know, our team, of course, that's run by leadership. I spend about 15 to 20 hours on call group every, every year, uh, every week. And that last year it net us 1.2 million. That was after all expenses. So I'm very open with our team and, and people. We net two, $2,300 a transaction. 
So if I sell a thousand homes, it's $2.3 million net to me, right? And so that to me is a business. I provide a service for my agents. They love it. They stay and, and we're growing that, that machine. And then of course we have EXP and then lots of other fun projects that uh, we're diversified in. So we went from one stream of income to almost 10 in three and a half years. So Tina, let me ask you this. Uh, so you've clearly, you went from 25 agents last year to 50 this year and you've doubled your gross income. Yeah. Um, so what do you, what's the hiring process look like? Cause clearly you're hiring the right people for your team. You're not just getting any random off the street. Yeah. So, um, you know, for us, what's so beautiful is our team, our actual agents on our team, they have a growth trajectory where, uh, before when I was in the KW model, I have to be honest, I'm going to be very honest with you guys. They, you know, they teach us sort of like this, this model where you don't want to let the agents list homes. You want to be the rainmaker. You know, you don't want to bring in agents that are going to leave you in a year. Well, to me, it didn't feel good. Cause I'm like, if I joined a team, Tina call joined a team, I, I know myself, I got fired from every job before real estate. I, I'm just independent. So I'm probably very unemployable because I like to do things my own way. So if I joined a team and had a mentor, let's say, Matt, I joined your team, I would glean everything I could from you. And then eventually I'd want to go grow a call group. And so you would see that in me and go, I'm not going to hire her. She's just going to take all my magic sauce and run with it. And I was building my competitors and I'm like, so I wouldn't actually hire agents, you know, if they were like all about the splits or all about like, I want my brand. And so it didn't feel good. And that's why I only had seven agents. Um, now I have a path where I go, hey, I'm going to bring you onto my team. I'm going to teach you everything I know. If you want to go and build a team like me and be my competitor, I am so excited because you're going to stay in our ecosystem and I'm going to help you grow because you're my future. Now I look for leaders. I'm like, who's the next Tina call? I don't care. Like, come on, join me. Um, so, so we bring agents in and we, we put them in a 30, 60, 90 and incubate them and go, look, you're going to be on the phones. Like Eric was saying, I'm going to be that team leader. That's watching you make those calls sure. because it's scary, but you gotta, you gotta break them through the fear faster. It's sort of like with your kids. I don't know if you guys have kids, but you know, when my dogs. son was afraid to jump, yeah, you don't, but you will one day. And, and I promise you it's amazing, but your job as a parent is to make them do something they don't feel like cleaning their room. Hey, I know you don't feel like it, but you better clean the room. You better do the laundry. You better cut the grass. You better jump in the pool. So somebody's there to push you in the water. As an adult, nobody's coming for you. You, you get to figure out your life yourself. And so when they're on my team, I know the fear I went through. My job is to get them past the fear faster. Like I had a fear of public speaking, like de dehabilitating fear. And I turned 40 and went, screw this. I am not going to die with this fear. I'm going to learn how to public speak. And the first thing that I got as an opportunity was that freaking Ted talk. And I'm like, Oh my God, no, I'm not doing that. Um, but I did it and I survived and then I got better and better. And now I've spoken like, you know, 35, 40 times. And now it's like, when, when can I speak again? It's so fun. Your first you know? public so speaking gig was a Ted talk. Uh, yeah. So how do you, yeah. how does that really even good, come, too. come into fruition? Like, how does it happen? Do they reach well, out to happens. you? Do you reach out to them? No. So how it happened was um, 2019, I said to all of my friends and family, I'm like, this is my year of yes. When somebody asks me to speak on a panel, speak on a podcast, just speak, I have to say yes. Because for years I said, no, I never spoke on panels at my Remax offices, not at Mike Ferry events. They would ask me and I, the answer was always no. Um, so it was my year of yes. And one of my good friends, um, Stephanie Sarazen, uh, was asked to curate a TED talk in our town. And so she called me and said, Tina, I got, I got this call and I'm going to get to do a TEDx event. And I'm like, great. How can I help you? I'll like help you check people in. What do you need me to do? And she's like, you're going to be a speaker. And I'm like, hell no, I won't go. Um, you know, we fought for a little bit about it. She's like, you have to do this. You said, this is part of your, this is part of your path and you can't say no. So, so she did convince me to do it. And, um, and it was great. I survived. I had like cotton mouth on stage. I messed up a couple times in my opinion. Um, but I got off that stage with new wings. You know, I felt like I had this cape, you know, that was attached to me. Now I needed to learn how to fly, but I got the cape. So, um, so yeah, from there, it was like, you know, three years of now just trying to do more and more and get comfortable in my own skin and, and, uh, bring people value. So it's been, it's been fun. That, 
that's super uh, inspiring. I think for our listeners too, like you, you unlocked so much hidden potential because even listening to you on this, like you're an incredible speaker and I've seen you speak live. Uh, Matt, what kind of things stand the test of time? Beats me, Eric. Well, I, I got a list for you right here. Twinkies, J-Lo, Ben Affleck, Diamonds, The right. Beatles. Well, you them. could add your real estate success to that list when you partner with Boomtown, the number one user rated real estate CRM in the game. Boomtown was built to drive sustainable long-term success, Eric, no matter yeah. the market. So if you're ready to put your best foot forward and build a real estate business that can stand the test of time, visit boomtownroi.com slash overask. Plus, see how you can score $750 in free digital advertising now. Now that's boomtownroi.com slash overask. And the fact that you could have just said no and never unlocked that potential for yourself is insane because you have so much value to give people. And I think that's a really good yeah. lesson for people to to see like you hated that and you're incredible at it. It was just like, it took a little like dusting off some cobwebs and figuring out your lane. And now look at you. That's awesome. I love that. And I think sometimes we have to tap into why are we afraid? And I, I really try to, um, I'm really, I try, I try to be introspective. Like I'm at a point in my life where I don't have to impress people. I know there's people that kiss my butt because of what I've achieved and that's fine. But I know who my friends are like, I, in my, in my mind, I go, what is Tina call without any of these accolades? Who am I as a person? And so when you start to look at your, how you grew up, what your parents fed to you, what your mindset was, I was in eighth or not in eighth grade. I was eight years old and I was um, asked to be in a spelling bee and I spelled pyramid wrong and everybody laughed and I walked off the stage. And I think that was the catalyst. I never raised my hand again in class. I never wanted to be laughed at. I never wanted those eyeballs on me. I never wanted to do the walk of shame. And that was where it started. I didn't even know that until I really started to go, when did I have this thing? You know, something happens to us and we have this fear, right? And so, um, yeah, so that was where it started for me. And now that I know that it's like, okay, I can spell pyramid now, I think, but you know. (laughs) I had the same thing happen to me in fifth grade in a spelling bee. The word was depression, classic. And I spelled it (laughs) with a T-I-O-N instead of two S's. And, you know, that didn't spark my fear of public speaking, but I remember that word so vividly because of that moment. And I love what you also said about how you feel like you got new wings after each speech or after that initial TED talk, because the same thing's happening to me where you say, like, it's the year of yes, I'm going to do things that I'm afraid yeah. of. I feel or felt the exact same way of you with public speaking. I said no to, and Matt knows this also, I said no to 99% of the public speaking gigs I was being offered. And I was getting offered them like on a weekly basis. And then finally, I was just like, this is going to be a huge part of my business. I have to do this. Like I, I have to represent broke agent and broke agent media and be good at this. So I just started saying yes to everyone. And the nerves in my stomach have gotten less and less every single time. And I'm getting way better at it. So you really do have to just do what is, you know, freaking you out. Otherwise, you're just going to keep handicapping yourself, basically. It, it is so true. And, yeah. and my biggest fear is like sitting on a bench when I'm 90, looking back and going, ah, oh, I should have done that. And it's just too late, you know. And so um, and, you know, you, you sometimes I actually drive into cemeteries. I know this is kind of creepy, but I drive into cemeteries <laughs> and just remember like, this is it. Like you end up there, like you end up in the ground, it's done. And, and so if you don't live now, like think of how many people that are in those cemeteries didn't, didn't do what you did, Eric. They didn't say, I got to do this. They just gave up. And so I know it's creepy, but it, how often do you do that? We should daily. No, no, no. Circling a cemetery for three hours. No, We should, we we should cut this up. We should cut this up with another question. But like, so how'd you uh, do well in real estate? Like, well, I drive into cemetery. <laughs> three hours, Fisbo scripts, three hours, cemetery exactly, circling. Exactly. No, there's a beautiful cemetery in our town. Like, it's this really lovely, like, old, beautiful little cemetery. And you just drive right through, and it's so peaceful. You know, I'm not, like, eating lunch under a tree there. I, I just drive through. <laughs> and, you know, I just, like, you know, just kind of go, this is it. Like, this is where we end up. And... And uh, I probably do it once every quarter because that's where, like, I'm over by that side of town. And 
um, yeah, I just kind of say hello to the dead, you know, pay my respects and, <laughs> and puts me right back That's... into, you better do the things you want in life. Cause this moment is going to be, uh, you know, you're going to be in, you're going to end up here. <laughs> so Go, going back to your experiences, it's funny. You both had the same experience. I think that's actually kind of a cool little thing for, for everyone to do. Like whatever your fear is to look back on, like, maybe you can see where that's stemmed from, which might yeah. help everything, which is awesome. It's funny because I had the exact opposite experience. I had to do a book report in grade five. I didn't read the book. And then we had to do a presentation of acting out certain chapters of it. And I didn't read it, but I was like, I can do this. And I acted out as a skateboarding book and I did this skateboarding thing and everyone laughed, like thought I was so funny and I loved it. And I got so much like joy from it. Energy. And and I got yeah. like an A plus on the presentation. And I was like, oh, I want to do this shit. And then I became a realtor. Did <laughs> <laughs> you now. Now you're famous. Yeah. Look, yeah. <laughs> Man, that's pretty it. cool. Well, I, mean, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It is fun. But I mean, we just, yeah, you have to, you have to look at that fear, dissect it and then, and then decide, right. Decide is shedding something. You're making a decision to go, no, I'm done. I'm 40. My God, get a life. Like we got to get over this. I want to touch on one thing you said earlier about how you, you went from Michigan to North Carolina and just built your business immediately. I feel like there's a lot of agents that, you know, feel suppressed by their job because there's no movement. Like if, if I wanted to move to Arizona when I was doing real estate, um, I would have no Rolodex. I would have what? Well, I'm actually from Arizona, so I would. But say I wanted to move to Michigan, I would know nobody and have no idea where to start. Right. So what's some advice right. you could give to an agent that's moving locations? Like what's the first thing they should do when they set up shop? Oh my gosh. So yeah, the first thing they need to do is, um, well, really do their homework to see like, where are people moving to? Uh, what what part of town has a lot of movement? I would pick three or four neighborhoods that I absolutely see a lot of movement in. Um, I would buy a dialer, um, you know, Vulcan Seven, Mojo, whatever. Um, I would uh, hit new expires and get really good at. You know, when people go, oh, I don't like cold calling. I'm like, okay, well then, what are you gonna do? I'm going to call my sphere. Okay. Well, you have to call them out of the blue and interrupt their day and ask them if they know who's selling and, or, you know, who's buying or selling. And then what happens when you run out of them, who are you going to call? Because the list of the people that you don't know is bigger than the list of people, you know, so you have to talk to people. Um, and so I would, I would recommend that they talk to 20 people a day. And so we are actually 15, we call it a three by five plan. So five people, you know, five people you don't know, and five people that you've been working with. So if you can talk to five people a day, five days a week, you're going to have a huge business. So you have to start getting good at interrupting people. The first people that are raising their hand to say, hey, hello, I have a listing right here. It's an expired, right? Their li agent listed it. They failed to sell. Most likely it's overpriced or the con condition's bad. So if you have people raising their hand over here and people over here going, hey, I'm selling my home, but I just don't want to pay you commission. Well, let me get good at that objection. Let me get good at this objection. Now I have two literally hand raising listing opportunities, which if you don't list, you're not going to probably last. So I, I believed in becoming a strong listing agent. So I would definitely go after those. And then I would target those neighborhoods and do like massive open houses. You know, when you, you get a listing, maybe you ask somebody from your firm, if you don't have a listing yet, can I hold that open house? Great. You invite the neighbors the hour before the open house, you knock on the doors, you shake their hand, you bring them in right for the, for the little champagne and cheese or crackers, whatever the hour before, then you, you know, speak to the public. Then you go knock on the same doors when you sell that property. We usually, whenever we list a home, my team knows that when we list a home, it's not just to sell that home, it's to get another listing and to list another home. If we haven't listed another home in the neighborhood from our uh, marketing, we've missed it, right? Like we've missed it. So, so I think it's doubling down on the scripts and dialogue for expired FISBOs. Those are the hottest leads. Then picking those three neighborhoods that you're going to become like an influencer in, um, and then hitting those neighborhood hard with like um, one piece of marketing. So not a postcard, but I, I do this uh, four page brochure. I'm looking at it right. Oh, actually I've got it right here. So I do this four page brochure, right? And so it's neighborhood specific. It goes out every month, every month, every month. And when people see your face every month, every month, every month consistently, and these cost me a dollar plus shipping, that's it. Um, when they see your face every month, every month, every month, they're going to think you sell everything in the neighborhood and eventually they're coming back to you. 
So I would double down probably on those tactics. That's that's you just gave you should sell a blueprint on on relocating realtors. I mean that's that's all you need. Take this second. Let's do it. Let's go. I'd love to be in business with you in some capacity, Tina. Anything you need, I'll mop your floors. Okay, Um, good. Just to yeah. So if you need someone, I'm pretty good at that. Now you've had (laughs) such you've had such a successful business mainly on traditional methods like open houses, uh, cold calling, referral mail, direct mail, things like that. Um, and most people would kind of ride off into the sunset with that. You're doing well. Why, but you also have a huge social presence now. So what was the, why did you do that? Did you like, what was, what was your mindset there? So, you know, I, my mindset was, if you look at my social media four years ago, three and a half years ago, I was the weird agent that took a picture of her food and was like, here's what I'm eating today. Like I was nowhere to be found on social media because I was camera shy. I didn't want to be on video. I hated my voice. I picked apart like everything on my face. Cause I'm a perfectionist. I'm like, Oh, I don't like my nose. And I don't like my, I was so weird. Like I just, I didn't like the camera. And then we went to eXp Realty and they were like, well, you know, if you really want to build a massive team across the nation and the world, you actually have to be on social media. And I was like, shit, I got to do this. So, so I did. And I was like, you know what? I opened a brokerage. I can't be a secret agent. So I wasn't a secret agent because I made a lot of phone calls. Now I own a brokerage, so I can't be a secret agent. I want partners. I have to be out in social media. And so my first, um, my first, uh, you know, thing was, let me get on Instagram. Let me do some videos. Let me post some more pic. I started with pictures, pictures of me with sayings, you know, and things that I was teaching. And now it's like video, 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 and it just got easier. So, so for me, it was to bring awareness to call group, to bring awareness to my brokerage, to bring awareness to uh, now, like if I want to go into coaching and training and selling products and, you know, the goal is um, I was sitting next to um, Tony, uh, Tony Robbins, son, Jarek Robbins. And I said, one piece of advice you'd give somebody, you know, that wants to become, you know, really wealthy. And he said, build an audience. Like you have to build an audience and then you have to learn how to leverage that audience. Um, and you have to give back to people. And Jarek said, you know, the first mountain of life that you climb is your own. It's selfish, right? It's like, I got to take care of Eric. I got to take care of Matt and my family. Um, So it's that selfish mountain climb. But then you get to the top and you're like, I made it. And so that's how I felt four years ago. I'm like, I'm freaking rich. Like I made it. Like I, I don't have to work, but I still didn't have enough passive income to keep me like from just checking out. So the second mountain that I'm climbing is the, I'm the Sherpa bringing people up the mountain going, I'll teach you what I did. I'll teach you my methods of selling real estate. I will be your partner. I will help you. And when we get to the top of that mountain, you know, maybe I've changed the life of somebody else. And so, you know, it sucks to go on vacation with broke friends, you know, like you want, you want people that are wealthy around you. And and if you learn how to manage money, make your money work for you. Um, and, and really use social media as a tool to diversify everything that you have in life and in business. Um, there's so many things that can come from monetizing this. And that's the, yeah. the, the path I'm in in life now. I'm like, I can monetize this. I don't have to like keep it all for myself. What platform has been your number yeah. one recruiting tool to EXP and to your team? Because your YouTube channel, congratulations, you just had 10,000 subscribers, which is awesome. Um, so yeah. yeah, which channel is bringing you the most business on that front? You know, all of them really, to be honest, like every day I get somebody that reaches out and says, Hey, you know, I'm thinking of leaving Remax and I'd love to talk to you about EXP. Hey, I'm interviewing sponsors. Can So I get them from Facebook, from Instagram, from TikTok, from YouTube. YouTube is probably um, the best vehicle that I had to showcase who I am in long form video. And what I show on YouTube is um, how I train. Those are the classes that I give. That's like, if you look at my YouTube videos, you guys will cry. They're literally a zoom camera in my office doing trainings for my group at eXp. Like they suck. They're not good. They're not, they're not Matt. Like Matt's videos are so good. These suck, but the content people, when you look at like, I've had over, I think 450,000 views on the page, um, tons of comments people are dying for content. And what's sad is agents don't want to give them the content for free. It's like, oh, well, 
here's a snippet. And then if you join me, you'll get the rest. Or here's a little bit. And then I'm going to lure you into my you know, funnel so you can buy all these fun things. I'm not really selling them anything on my channel yet, eventually, right? Now I think it's time because people will reach out and be like, can I pick your brain? Can I pick your brain? I'm like, I can't teach you how to build a team in 30 minutes. Like that's not going to happen. So we were forced to now create products and things that I can leverage my time because I, I would give it away for free, but now I realize I just don't have enough time. Yeah. YouTube is so well, SEO centric and searchable for agents. Like there's got to be so many agents that are searching the exact titles. I looked at your titles and thumbnails. It's all so tactical. You know, how do I cold yeah. call? How do I deal with Fizbo's? How do I build a team? That type of thing that the, yeah. the YouTube audiences develop such a, a stronger connection with that creator than Instagram yeah. and TikTok because of that long form. And Matt and I always talk about right. how important short form is, you know, the 10 second, 15 second reels and TikToks, yeah. but it's that YouTube audience that really unlocks a different potential and different connection with their audience. So any agents listening yeah. to this, if you're not building your YouTube channel and also not, you know, trying to be versatile with your content on all these platforms and getting those five minute videos, those 10 minute videos, those podcasts, those long form videos, where people can really understand who you are, you're really missing out. Yeah. And and looking at YouTube, you know, I made a lot of mistakes. I self-taught, like I, everything I learned from, you know, vidIQ or TubeBuddy or yeah. whatever, just by myself. And what I realized is I was throwing out videos that were a, an hour long. And so people were watching them and my average watch time is 15 to 18 minutes, which is phenomenal. But it, you want to get at least 50% or more watch time. So if I have an hour video and they're only watching 15 minutes, I'm not, even though I have videos with 95,000 views, I, I could have gotten better. You know, I could have grew it even faster. So now it's like, okay, I need 10 minute videos where they watch five minutes and, and I get that watch time up. Um, but you know, even, even that YouTube noticed that people were watching a lot of my content and YouTube is the one recommending the content, which is where you want to go. And so, um, so that's been really, really fun. And, and we're going to double down on that and get more now that all my time is back. I literally, you know, only spend 15 hours a week on call group, 15 hours a week on EXP. I have a lot of time for Tina call. And so uh, now we're going back into the media and social and really spending the time and money to get the staff around building it. Well, just your overall outlook on social is awesome. Just awareness. I think people forget about it's just awareness. That's all social yeah. media should be. It's like, it's like that billboard you spend so much money on you know, coming off the highway. It's that, but it just follows people around and it's free. Like that's yeah. all you're doing yeah. with social media. So it's like bring, you know, try and find a way to like a get on social and then bring value of any kind, something that people want to see, whether it's funny or analytical or you know, whatever it is, whatever your angle is going to be, bring that to the forefront because it's all about awareness now. Um, like, and I'm sure you're That's like true. a local celebrity. I mean, I, I picture you going to like the grocery store, slow-mo walking out of your car and people probably taking like TMZ's probably after Tina call at this point. Holy yeah, shit. The cemetery, people are rising <laughs> from the dead, crawling yeah. out of their graves yeah. to say hello to her, pay respects. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they are like she's here <laughs> it must yeah, be once so. a quarter tina is in this part that's of town right, again right. but it is funny that. what matt was saying and i'm sure you guys get the same thing when you're out in public it's like i get people that'll book a call with me you know for like a coaching call or whatever and they're like oh my god i can't believe it's you i'm like yep me just a realtor but they've had this parasocial relationship with me for months right like they've been yeah. like some people would be like i've been listening every time i go to a listing appointment i put you on in my car and i'm like okay you know so it's sweet it's really sweet but it shows you how powerful it is that they think they know you and they don't you know yeah i know it's you're you're so i don't know you're just so awesome i, I spoke last week at a just a small mastermind and a lady came up to me after and she was like, you know, I want to do what you do, but I think because I'm a woman, it's going to like, it's not going to translate or like, I can't get on social because they're going to say this and this, and you're just such a boss. Like, <laughs> I just think that's so like, like there's none of that, that with you, <laughs> but there's like none of that with you. And I, I, I see like the struggles of, of other, and I know you, you have a, um, an actual page for this. Um, 
empowering women, correct? Yeah. Yeah. We just started it two weeks ago and it's where, because you know what I, I hate about, I'll, I'll be honest. Um, I, I don't like things about the, the brokerage that I'm in because people have that stigma. You know, I hear like, oh, it's a pyramid scheme. And I'm like, well, it is a pyramid, but so are all businesses, but it's not a scheme. And what's funny is the, the word that I got and wrong, remember, <laughs> yeah, pyramid. And now I'm like, oh my God, pyramid has always been in my life. Um, and it's changed my life. So it changed my life at eight, but guess what? It changed my life at 42. So interesting, right? Connection. Um, but you know, it, it's that thing where I, I built empower because, um, and we've only been like, we started two weeks ago. We have like over a thousand women in it. It's to bring all the brokerages together and to empower women to talk about money, to talk about wealth building, to really like, I don't know everything. I just know a little bit and, and, you know, grew my net worth, you know, exponentially in the last few years. But if I could gift that to someone and it changes their life before 40 and they're 25, my God, like that tribal knowledge is huge. And so I don't know what I'm going to do with the group. Um, can I make money off of it one day? Sure, I can. But I usually start things for free, build a lot of trust. And then and then when I do decide I'm going to do something for, for money, people go, yeah, she's authentic. So, you know, I trust her. Um, and that's just how I am. Yeah, you can turn on yeah. so many other different revenue streams with these groups and these audiences, with your speaking, with masterminds, with you know monthly payments in your in your Facebook group or the the a thousand women to you know hold events yeah. and stuff. Like, there's so much untapped potential. That's why this industry is so fun that agents could find you know multiple lanes of income through social media, through coaching, through masterminds, through all these groups. It's really fun. Huge. Yeah. Do you want to be my agent, Eric? Uh, I like no, I don't. I am building broke agent media. I, you don't want me as your agent, trust me. I'm just <laughs> <laughs> You're right. You are so right. Like there's so many things, but then you have to decide too. I gave a lot of my life up in real estate. I gave my life, I gave my time away and I don't get that back. And so at some point you can out, earn the money that you can even spend. Um, there's a book called um, Die With Zero. I don't know if you guys ever read that book, but but it's great. If you pick it up, the guy's like, you know, really, really ultra rich and, you know, became really successful. But he's like, I miss so much of my life building revenue and money that at some point you get so obsessed about building money and money and wealth and, you know, a hundred million dollars. Okay. Well, so $10 million is, I can't, I probably can't even spend that unless I go buy yachts every day, which that's not realistic for me. So, so at some point you can, you have to go, when do I get to live? And, and for instance, I went last week and I golfed for the first time. My husband's like, let's go golf. I used to golf three days a week when I was selling a hundred homes, three days a week for the last year and a half, I haven't golfed once because I'm so busy doing all these things. And finally he was like, uh, by the way, we're rich and we can golf again. And, and I went out there and I was like, this is life. Like, this is what I, I worked so damn hard for. So now I'm putting it back into my schedule. So you can being a overachiever and building things, you can get into that rut. I call it of like not living to, to earn a buck. But if you can't go spend those bucks that you, you just earned, you missed it. You missed the boat and you're going to be in that cemetery faster than, you know, so yeah. make sure that you live before you Golf die. Golf is such right. a money driver. A Golf is such a money driver for me too, where I just think, I just want to play the nicest courses around the world. And golf is yeah. so expensive. Like it could be $300, $400 a round, depending where you're playing. Right. And I'm always right. thinking like, I just have to make enough money where I could fly to North Carolina and play. What is Pinehurst is there, right? Pinehurst. Yeah. yeah, come guys. Let's, let's do it. And just play these so courses well. around. So that's, that's awesome yeah. that you get to golf again. I don't golf. Yes. I do not golf. Um, yeah, you need to start, Matt. I, I would love to. I've been saying for the last two years I would love to, um, but I have not started yet. But I agree. It's all uh, it's all pointless if you don't enjoy it sometimes. That's right. That's right. We can, yeah, exactly. absolutely. Exactly. Absolutely. Quote. I always end with a fantastic quote. I'm, a, <laughs> I'm known for my quotes these days. Um, yeah, the last few have been crushing last it. week. Yeah, I mean, it's been, it's been pretty good. I'm on a roll. What I don't was know the if one I'm just last reading week again? books and stealing quotes. Oh, yeah, Tina, check out my quote. I'm not, I honestly, guys, don't kill me if this, if I saw this somewhere, but for right now, I think it might be my quote that I've said, but it could, it could not be. But I said, what did I say, Eric? Oh, uh, your, your, uh, your wins 
give you credibility and your failures make you human. Oh, that's yeah. good. That's is that true. a Tony Robbins quote? Was... <laughs> yeah, Who did Matt lift that from? That. I don't know. I've, I've never heard it before. I thought it was good. But you know when you do yeah. that sometimes, you think you have your own idea and then you just saw it somewhere else. So I'm not yeah. taking, but Cryptonesia. It, it could be mine, folks. And if, right, it is, right. if it is mine, uh, I may be a genius. Um, I may that's write right. a book on quotes. Yeah, so well, I'll give you, we'll see. I'll, I'll give you guys my favorite quote. How about that? Okay, okay. Please. Ready? Don't just say mine. <laughs> Don't say mine. Yeah, okay. So, <laughs> some people will never like you because your spirit irritates their demons. Oh, I like that's that. Good. I've never heard that. That's like Is if that you're yours? around you're around like a real happy person at a party, someone who's trying to like hype you up and stuff and you're miserable in the corner and you're pissed at yourself that you're not as happy as that person. Speaking from personal exactly experience right. here. Yeah, that makes complete sense. Exactly right. Yeah, because no matter how inspiring you are, no matter how much good you want to do in the world, there's always somebody that's like, oh, God, look at him. Look at her. Who do they think they are? And you're like, eh, you know, so. So, yeah, I've learned not to dim my light anymore around people because I used to do that more often. Like, oh, I don't want to be too successful. But, you know, now it's like, yeah, whatever. We're, we're helping the people that want to be helped and we're having fun. Yeah. So I love that. I love that. Well, yeah. that's a great ending quote. Uh, you outdid me today, Tina. Thank you <laughs> so much for being You're on welcome, the Matt. episode. I was so excited for you to come on and you delivered like the TEDx speaker oh. you are. Thank you, guys. Eric? I'm honored to be on here. So, in the kingdom of the blind, the one-eyed man rules. Matt, that is my favorite <laughs> that's, quote. That's Eric. Yeah, that's good. I like it. I like Tina. It. Where can the well, you guys are Tina? Where can the people follow you? Let's let's get that that Instagram number up. Those TikTok numbers up. Let's get her YouTube subscribers yeah. to twenty thousand. I mean, that would be amazing. So, YouTube is just Tina Call, right? Just Google Tina Call YouTube. You'll find me. Um, TikTok, which is new, I'm up to like 2,000 followers. Uh, that is Empower by Tina Call, E M P W R by Tina Call, and then uh, Instagram's Tina Call, and and Facebook's open to everybody. It's public. It's Tina Call. So you'll, you'll find me. Yeah. My name somewhere. <laughs> Tina Call. C A U L. C A U L. C A U L. Yep. Call group. That's it. That's Call my group. brand. That's right. Sweet. Love it. That's well, right. Tina, thanks so much for being on. Thank you, guys. You're awesome. Broke Agent presents Over Ask Podcast.